Well, they're also very sweaty, but I didn't want to ruin the movie for you. Hey guys, I'm Alon. And I'm David. And welcome to I Finally Watched, where we talk about movies that at least one of us has never seen before. And today, I finally watched Warrior. Uh, quick synopsis of Warrior. It stars um, Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy as brothers. They grew up with an alcoholic and abusive father, uh, Patty, played by Nick Nolte. As teenagers, uh, Tom Hardy went off with their mother and uh, Joel Edgerton, Brendan Conlon, stayed with their abusive father. Uh, this is years later, and there is a mixed martial arts tournament trying to find the baddest man on the planet, as the uh, promoter would like to say. And the two brothers, um, both fighters, Tom Hardy was a wrestler in high school, and Joel Edgerton fought in the UFC in his 20s. Uh, are entered into the contest, um, and it takes off from there. And so, Lon, I want to start off by asking, because I know you've seen both of these, but which did you enjoy more, Warrior or Bloodsport? Because <laughs> they're the same thing, basically. It's right. The same, it's, this, it's a very similar plot. <laughs> there's no difference. Um, well, there's a big difference, but it's the same plot. <laughs> I, I enjoyed this movie. A lot more um just I, I guess for obvious reasons um as far as the quality of filmmaking goes um you know we both know blood sport is like a b movie there's no there's no denying it uh, it's a great b movie i give it that but there, there's just so much um quality and obviously more budget that went into warrior uh i i uh, i really like this movie I, it surprised me how much I kind of rooting for the characters. I have to say, I, I went in it with not really like, you know, giving a crap <laughs> about it. And so I kind of glazed over um, maybe the first 10 minutes of the movie. And so I, I missed the fact where when, when uh, Tommy, played by Tom Hardy, um, is talking with uh, his dad, I missed the fact where he mentioned his brother. And so when it was revealed uh, that they're brothers, I was like, whoa, they're brothers. And then re-watching it for a second pass, I was like, oh, that, that, was, that was totally uh, told right from the start, so. Wait, so the first time you watch this, are you saying like towards the end when it's revealed they're brothers, like as they're fighting, that's when you figured it no, out? No, 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 because it's, it's it, so it's mentioned it's when the dad shows up at um, Brendan's front door in the driveway that I, right. I that's when I put it together. Um, thinking back, I actually thought it worked uh, a lot better. Not, not better. Uh, just, I, I thought it worked as kind of a reveal. Cause you, at that point in the movie, you kind of see both like interested in that uh, Sparta match um, for the $5 million. And I thought, oh, these two characters that we're kind of getting to know, but also have no relation to each other. Brendan, in my mind, had everything to lose. And Tom Hardy, I, I'm just going to call him Tom Hardy, but Tommy um, had nothing to lose. And I thought kind of that's where this, the motif of the story was going to lie, is who has better, like, um, motivation and urge someone who has everything to lose and everything on the line or someone who has nothing to lose and nothing on the line um, and then you and then I realized that they were brothers and I was like oh this is 
so much like I was in it at that point I was just like oh man who who do I want to win I'm like I'm leaning towards Brendan and then the stuff came out about Tommy in the military I was like oh now I'm team Tommy and I just I got like way into it yeah and just to preface this um spoilers throughout like just go watch it first if you haven't seen it but what I really enjoyed and what I think what probably pulled you into in as well is the stakes that are created for both sides. Uh, Brendan is going to lose his house. You know, he's way behind on his mortgage. Like he needs this one shot to be able to save his house and his family. And then Tommy on the other side has, you know, his, his brother from the military, someone that he became really close with that, that died. And he needs that money to help out, you know, that, that man's widow. Um, what, what I thought was interesting though, is that basically right when you meet Brendan, you know that his house is on the line, his daughter who has heart problems, um, and that, you know, the medical bills are draining their, uh, their funds. So you kind of know like, oh man, this guy has everything to lose if, uh, if things don't work out for him. But you don't quite get Tommy's side of it until kind of later on, kind of towards the middle of the film, when you learn about what he did in the military and, and his, uh, uh, his brother-in-arms widow and stuff like that so I thought that was interesting how the filmmaker decided to you know what parts to reveal, reveal about the characters and then what parts to kind of hold back and so because I had seen this and I can't really remember how it played with me um, you know this came out 2011 what um how did kind of the slow reveal of Tommy's military career, you know, he, you first just find out that, that he, that he joined the Marines. And then there's kind of this out of place scene where um, this, uh, this guy that's still in the Marines or in the military, you know, sees a video of Tommy beating the crap out of someone and, and says, Oh, I recognize that face. And, and then realizes, Oh, this is the guy that saved me. And then, you, you know, you get the backstory on that. How did that play for you? Like at the buildup to, to finding out Tommy's full story? I think at that point, maybe they're in Atlantic city or right before um, when they, when they go to Atlantic city and then it's just like, it cuts to desert title card, Iraq. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> what, <laughs> what did I miss? But in fact, I didn't miss anything. They jumped right to Iraq and so it's funny because he's like, oh, I recognize this guy from this shitty quality of video comparatively to the same guy in shittier uh, night vision quality of radio. I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Uh, I, just wanted, I just wanted him to like on the YouTube video be like, enhance, <laughs> enhance. <laughs> can, can we bring up the resolution? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it, you know, if you just get, get, over that part of it but um you know i was coming up with because it doesn't reveal all at once it's little by little through the movie um what exactly happened with tommy during his military service that scene followed by the scene i think the scene that you get right after that that has to do with his time in the military is when he uh, calls up his brother-in-arms uh, widow and has a conversation with her. And I'll get to something in a second um, that elaborates on this, but the dialogue between them, it doesn't reveal exactly what happened, 
but you pick it up in context clues. So at first I thought, oh, he recognized him through this video um, because he's wanted and he defected from the military and he's gonna get in trouble for that. And then it's revealed, oh no, he actually saved a bunch of guys' lives. And then it's revealed, yeah, he saved a bunch of guys' lives and he defected from the military. So I was like, oh, I was right. I just didn't have the full story at that point. Um, so that's kind of how it played out to me. Yeah, and, and the ending too, which it's, re it's revealed that he's a deserter, and he, but the military is going to allow him to fight this last fight. Similar, yeah. <laughs> similar to Bloodsport where Jean-Claude Van Damme can fight this last uh, championship fight before he uh, has to go back with um, uh, Force Whitaker and the other guy. Well, it's, but, just because, it's just because the U.S. military uh, captains and lieutenants and colonels are just big tap-out <laughs> uh, fans. So. I mean, it makes sense. It makes but sense. I, well, the, the question at the, that uh, as this was going on and as the movie ends, I was like, you know, I wonder what would happen to him. Because obviously the publicity, you know, you saw all the Marines in the, uh, in the audience, and I think that would be true to life. Yeah, he deserted his... his uh, his the marines but his entire you know squadron whatever was killed and then so after deserting his his brothers that are all dead he then saves the lives of you know what the nine ten guys like so other, like a whole nother squad so and and you do find out that they died because of friendly fire the u.s missiles ad attacked them and killed them yeah and i was it's just it's one of those things to where it's like i i bought into the characters and was really invested i'm like man i just hope they don't he doesn't need to go to jail like and i <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah he's a pretty good guy so so i just want to kind of as a general um general things i liked about the film i thought the characters were really great i thought even like the minor uh, like the really, really minor characters, like uh, Brendan, when he's not fighting in, uh, in strip club parking lots, he's teaching high school physics. And you spend like no time with his students, maybe like two, two three scenes, five minutes in total. But the writer really gave them a lot of character. Same with like the people at the uh, at the boxing gym. I, I have to tell you, the principal of the school is, is one of my favorite characters. And then Frank, Brendan's coach, is I think my favorite character, apart from like the main characters. I just really enjoyed, one, I enjoy that actor. He, he's, he's great at range. Um, for, for those the who- for, The principal or uh, Frank? Frank. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, he plays Crossbones in the MCU, in uh, Captain America: Civil War, and then um, uh, Winter Soldier first, and then Civil War. So I, he's just a really like good actor with a, a lot of range. Yeah, and and so the characters were just so well written and well acted. It just you can't help just kind of fall in love with them. But what I thought was even better than the characters is the dialogue. In the beginning of the movie, you're kind of thrown in this situation where it's Tom Hardy and Nick Nolte talking. And without being like, oh, you're my dad. Yes, you're my son. You beat mom growing up. You ran away. Everything was explained to you in very clever, context-filled dialogue 
that is actually throughout the whole film. So instead of like any long scenes of uh, exposition, everything is just, you, you're dropped in this like story of this family who's having this like long feud. And instead of just, you know, it, it telling you what it is, you kind of have to figure out through this clever dialogue. And I thought that was just so well done. And I think that's what kind of engrossed and then captured me in this film is that you constantly have to watch to know what's going on. And then the characters are uh, interesting enough that you want to keep watching and guessing and figuring out what's going on. Yeah, it's, it's written in a way that's not like, a lot of movies have very obvious exposition. Characters say things because the audience needs to know them. And that kind of plays into the, the Tom Hardy storyline, how you, you know very little about him because he doesn't really want to reveal much to his, his father. He doesn't trust his father. And the only thing he wants from him is uh, training. You know, he wants him to, to train him. And so it, it just, it's so kind of true to life that that character would not be very open with a man who beat him and his mother for years and has suddenly had an awakening and, you know, hasn't had a drink in close to three years. You know, that's, that's good for him, but Tommy still remembers, you know, the dark times. And so the fact that he doesn't speak to him is just, it just makes sense. Well, one of the kind of interesting, um, relationships that this film has is between Tommy and his dad uh where it's the the most interesting the most interesting but it I thought it was the part that kind of like you know the scene in the in the diner yeah Tommy goes to his dad and he's like you know I don't want you I'm not going to treat you like a dad I don't want you to treat me like a son but I need a coach right and then he kind of sets all these precedents where it's like, but you're not going to do this and you're going to do this and you're not going to do this. And uh, his father's like, Hey, listen, stop setting like ground rules for me because you're the one coming to me asking me for a favor and you're being like a little bitch about it. So like, you know, you're going to, you're coming to me, you're going to follow my rules. But then he kind of, Tommy kind of overtakes that and he's like, okay, but on the other hand, it's like, you treated me so, he kind of used his dad's guilt to turn the tables without saying like a word, but he used the guilt and he's like, you know, you haven't seen me in, what is it, like 14, 16, 14, 15 years. So he uses the guilt, but he also uses like, I know you want to be close to me. Like, I know I'm your son and you miss me at some degree. So they're both using a form of guilt to have a barrier between them but also to like stick on some sort of relationship. Yeah, and I, and I love the line too of like, you know, you, you, you say all these things, that's fine, but don't act like you're gonna quit every five minutes on me or like, we're not, you know, we might as well just not do this. Yeah. What I also really enjoyed about that is like, as that scene was happening, it's like, oh yeah, this is the scene where he tells him to give up all the pills. And I remembered him saying Maraca, like it stuck with me. And so as he's walking in, I was like, I wonder if you can hear the pills and you could, but I don't know that that's something, did you pick that up the first time? Like you could hear the pills? Yeah, it's like not something, it's, it was so subtle that it's only something you could hear if you were looking for. And Patty only heard it because he knew it would be there and he was able to hear the pills too. It was just like, what's funny is this, uh, the, the writer director of this, um, they haven't really done a lot. And yet this was just 
for for an action fighting movie, I think was just so well written and so detail oriented. Um, like a lot of the a lot of the UFC stuff was pretty well done. Um, you know, as far as the storyline goes, just because like someone like Brendan wouldn't be able to do well in this tournament, except for the fact that he's able to submit people, and so that kind of gives him this this puncher's chance. Even though he can't really, you know, he can punch, but he's not. That's not what he does. And so that the, the fact, like, it was just very, like, kind of accurate to me that if someone was going to be an underdog in this type of thing, they would have to catch people. And that's what, you know, it, after, like, three or four fights of, of, of him being able to do it, you're like, okay, well, yeah, I guess he's going to keep winning this way. But it was, I think it was kind of an accurate way to, to represent someone like him being able to be successful against these world beaters. I kept trying to figure out how this was going to end. This movie is like a little over two hours and the way it's structured, I really liked because the almost to the exact middle point of the movie, you get to know these characters, you get to know their motivations, you get to know where they're coming from right after the halfway point. The whole rest of the movie takes place during the, the match. And I just really kind of, I really like that, that structure. There's a couple more plot points that I, I want to get into, and, and I feel like there's been nothing but uh, praise we've, we've both been giving uh, to this movie. But I would like to touch on some things I did not like about the movie, because there were and a couple like fundamental f- filmmaking flaws that I, I, I didn't, en- and I think that's fair, that I just didn't enjoy about the movie. Continue. Okay. Um, so one on a more general basis, I thought as compared to other films, the sound design and the way the background noises, um, for example, like the cheers from the crowd or even the, the music was poorly mixed. Sometimes in scenes you heard nothing but music and no background noise and, and that works uh, for some films, I thought it was just a poor choice for what this film was. But then on other hand, you have this music trying to break through, and then the dialogue, you can't hear. Both the music and the dialogue is muddled. Um, about 40 minutes into the film, I had to turn on, turn on subtitles, because I could not understand a word coming out of Nick Nolte's mouth. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say Tom Hardy. <laughs> No, <laughs> well, no, I mean, it was just kind of at certain points, the sound mixing was so bad, I couldn't understand what the characters were saying. So th- there's that. <sighs> and this movie would have been like a material in my book if it wasn't for this one scene that knocked it down for me so hard. And I was like, the ending was spectacular, but that couldn't even like excuse what it did to my soul. It was the scene where all of a sudden, out of the freaking blue, it decided to split screen. Multiple things happening at the same time. Like I was watching some high school PowerPoint where, yeah, I get it. It was a like a workout montage. But they were trying to fit in like UFC uh, announcers saying their crap. And I just thought it was so 
poorly because I understand, you know, fighting movie, boxing movie, MMA movie, you need a montage scene. I get it. I've seen Rocky. But the way it like 2002 PowerPoint split screen when like a fourth of the, the screen was a picture and then everything else was black and then it just lazily slid over to another picture. I thought it was just so badly done. I, I was like, well, I, this is not the movie I just have been watching. Oh, no, I liked it. I mean, that's all I can say is I just thought it was, I thought it was an interesting way to do the montage that has to be in all these movies. Like you, you have to have- Interesting you one? Ha so you have, yeah. You like, you have to have a workout montage. And not only in this instance, you have, four or five of these fighters that you kind of care about, right? They had to show um, Koba, uh, who's the, the huge Russian that everyone's scared of. You had to show the progression of Brendan because in the beginning of this, he's obviously incapable of being in um, Sparta. So you had to show his development and yet at the same time show Tom Hardy's development and his training with, his, uh, with, with Patty. So I, I thought it was fine. I didn't notice the, the things you're saying. Um, and also, I, I, act, I do kind of get your point about the, uh, the sound design of it. The, uh, the thing that saves it for me is the, the national song at the end, at the very end of the movie, which makes me cry every time I see the end of this movie. That scene with like Tom Hardy weeping and, and Brendan weeping, Joel Edgerton. Um, I told I you, I told you, I saw the cover and I told you they were both crying. I knew it. Well, they're also very sweaty, but I didn't want to ruin the movie for you. So, the, the, I mean, that scene is so powerful me, for me, and that song is just perfect for it. Um, so that just raises it up to me. And yeah, I can... But like I said, I don't care about, you know, I understand movies sometimes just play the song and dr uh, drown out all the uh, background audio. I get that. But when it's messing with me understanding what the characters are saying, that's what I have the biggest problem with. One of the, the great things about this movie to me is the the destination you can tell from the cover you know that these two brothers are going to fight in the end it's it's obvious but what i think is also really well done in this is like there's going to be a collision course between brendan and tommy in in multiple ways one they haven't spoken e to each other in years and up until two-thirds three-fourths of the movie they still haven't spoken until that scene on the beach in atlantic city and so i like the I don't know what the word for it is, but you have the physical confrontation and then the emotional confrontation at the same, you know, within a day of each other. And that scene is, I think, so powerful because it's Tommy finally opening up and explaining, you know, what his brother and what his dad did to him. And, and also Tommy a little bit defending his father because he was absolutely horrible to his dad the entire movie, which is so understandable because the the picture we get you know this movie just shows the recovery of patty conlon but we didn't as the audience did, didn't get to see him beating his sons and beating his wife and being an alcoholic womanizer for all those years that they had to live with it and so that scene where you know tommy just tells brendan it's like you're asking me for forgiveness what about the way you treat our father you know what i mean and then so and then Brendan explaining about you know his girlfriend that became his wife and Tommy's like you were my big brother I needed you and you abandoned me and it's that simple the other powerful scene besides the the, the, uh, the fight ending is Nick Nolte kind of relapsing and getting drunk and I 
I would imagine that's the scene that that got him nominated for the Oscar, um, just oh, because it's. Oh, I did no research prior prior um, or post to this movie, so he was nominated uh, as what best supporting. Yep. Oh, was was yeah. the movie nominated for anything else? No, just him. Oh. Huh. I mean, I thought he yeah. did great, but I thought there was other. I mean, <laughs> this this movie isn't going to win for best editing or sound design, so I'm not worried about that. But um... coming really strong with that take still. But but what was interesting is it, it almost seems as if Tommy was kind of purposely treating his father poorly as as a punishment, because as soon as he sees his father actually in need, you know, drunk in the hotel room, something that his father would, had tried to give up, you know, Tommy takes care of him in a really kind of you know great way um it's a very uh personal moment between them and so it, it almost not that it was an act but it was almost just a, a purposeful you don't deserve anything from me you don't deserve to have me as a son anymore but but in his time of need and i thought that was a great scene what i really um thought was and this this leads to the ending this leads to the eventual uh ending story arc of both brothers but to, to you, did it feel like Tommy, who made the right decisions, you know, he, he, he's kind of like a very self-sacrificing sort of guy you, you pick up. Um, he, very, very idealistic. Very idealistic. He went off with his mom, who was the abused in this situation. He tried to take care of her until she died. Then he went off to join the war and he lost everyone but then he managed to become a a hero taking no credit i mean you understand that he was defecting and that's why he took no credit but he still he didn't try to like turn him turn it on him as the hero he was ashamed even though he did something really great he took no credit he he made all the right self-sacrificing choices in his life, it seems. On the other hand, his brother, who selfishly stayed with his abusive father, who selfishly stayed with his high school sweetheart, he got married to the woman of his dreams, two beautiful kids, and then he went off to win the fight. Um it almost seems like Tommy who did the right thing all his life got the raw end of the deal. And then Brendan who did what he wanted to do all his life got everything he wanted. And it just, for me in that final battle, it was so unfair to Tommy. And then when the shoulder was popped and he wouldn't go down, I was like, like, because I guess he was going to lose his house and his little girl had a heart problem, I was like rooting for Team Brendan. But that all coming together and Tommy still having that spirit about him, even though basically life just took a giant crap in his face. At that moment, I was like, damn, I kind of really hope Tommy wins because he deserves it, I thought. Yeah. And that was another one of the, the, when it ended, I was like, you know, really invested. And I was like, man, I hope Brennan gives that widow some money. You know, he doesn't need all $5 million to pay off his house. You know, just throw some change her way. You know, do it. For, what, what I did like about that is after he, he uh, 
takes out, you know, uh, rips Tommy's shoulder out of his socket, and then they have the another round. And Brendan's telling him, like, you know, just give up. You don't have to do this. Why are you doing this? And then, uh, and then it gets him in a chokehold. He's like, just tap, Tommy. I love you. I love you. And um, I just thought that, that that so much was said with him, with him tapping out and giving up. Because it's not only is he giving up the fight, but he's like giving up his anger towards towards Brendan and like saying like, all right, you know, it, not like we're gonna be a happy family, and not like oh, we're gonna invite Dad over for barbecues. But you know, there there was definitely some softening towards towards Brendan, and I think both of them softening a little bit towards their father but really just realizing that they, they needed each other and they loved each other and it's kind of a it's it's a powerful moment and then that song hits and they're oh man it's it's such a great ending no i i agree with you uh because so few words were exchanged in the in the middle of that fight you know in our other reviews we were talking about the last 10 minutes or like that extra 10 minutes like uh, Mystic River comes to mind, like the calm after the storm, you know, um, kind of see where all of our characters are going to be at the end of the movie. And this film didn't have it. It it was the fight. It was Brendan winning the fight. And then it was them walking off of, uh, off of the grounds. And then the movie just ended. And the, the cinema snob in me really like that ending really like that ending a lot but the the curious side of me who actually really cared started caring about the characters and uh you know their physical and mental health and you know where, where they all are at really wanted that extra 10 minutes to to see where's the money going is he going to go to jail is the dad going to be okay you know so i thought that the 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 fact that the movie kind of pulled that from me um just kind of made it uh it established itself as a as a really good film yeah and i think you know it it leaves a lot of open-ended issues but you know as Brendan told Tommy, and he's probably telling the audience too, don't worry, everything's going to be all right. So I think everything will be all right, Alon, and you, you can just, just know that it will be. So okay, um, having discussed this, you know, you were hesitant to watch Warrior when I suggested it, but is it something that you'll watch again in the future, even, you know, with the, the horrible montage? I really liked it. It was really enjoyable. I liked all the characters, and, and, I, and I will watch it again. It, it just, it'll you know, it'll be a little bit. Yeah, I think this and Drive were my two favorite movies from that year. And so at any point I could put either of them on and be happy. So definitely watch this again. I could watch Drive again. I really like Drive. Who doesn't? Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. I'm David. And I'm Milan. And I finally watched Warrior.